So I wanted to share some answers to questions that came in from folks over the past few weeks because I thought it might be helpful to someone else because anytime anyone has a question, uh, lots of people tend to have that question or it can serve lots of people. You might have this question and you didn't even know that you had this question, but it helps you in some way and I hope that that's true. So the first one was a question about gates and channels and the fact that all of these gates and channels have their own energetic signature. So you can be like me, a generator, but have lots of projected gates or channels that require invitation and recognition for that information to be well received. Or this person is a projector and heard me speak about projected gates and channels, but they have, their, both of their north node gates are manifested gates. And so they're curious about what that means and how it impacts how they operate. So when you have a channel or gate that is considered outside of its natural auric energy, it just means that the strategy of that energy will apply to that archetype. Like this person is a projector, but these gates are manifested. Uh, for someone like me who is a generator, it means that I'm here to respond. And I have quite a few projected gates which require recognition or invitation, even though I'm not technically a projector. If I utilize those gates without waiting for recognition, then I risk those insights I wanted to share or ideas that I had uh, being not as well received as I wanted them to be. As a projector, you know, you're not meant to initiate full stop. And, but if you have manifested gates, especially in your north nodes, where you're like leaning into purpose and, and direction, um, you just want to honor the strategy of those gates. So there may be some like not self anger there to work through in the low vibrations so that those energies can operate in their gift frequency. They may be areas where you feel particularly challenged not to initiate because they are kind of this initiatory archetype. They may be places where you benefit from informing or being informed the strategy of manifestors. So you just kind of want to look at your gates and channels and see like what their energetic signature is. What aura are they associated with and how can you uh, support those energies through honoring the strategies of those energies. The next question came through for a variables reading and this person was super enthusiastic about finding out their variables because they were just sure that they were mountains because they had just discovered climbing and like it felt like coming home, you know, so afterwards they read probably my post about environments and they felt like oh yeah mountains totally make sense to me and when I read their post I was like oh no I really hope they are and I, <laughs> I don't have to tell them that they're not but the the reality is that we don't want to parse things out and look at them individually we want to look at our charts holistically and even if you know, something in your chart isn't the thing that you thought it was going to be, I guarantee you there are other things that make that thing make sense. That being said, also, you know, when you find your joy, you find your joy. And it doesn't matter if you can figure out where that lives in your chart. Um, it's just important to follow what lights you up and what brings you enthusiasm. That's amazing to find and this person's enthusiasm about climbing made me want to go and do some more climbing so I'm gonna have to visit a climbing gym soon but 
Um, I wanted to share with you this particular example based on their chart because I think it can be so helpful for a lot of people. Um, and to also say that, you know, when I first learned about environments in human design, I found out I was markets and <clears throat> it was a bit of a WTF moment because I was so sure that I was shores uh, because I love being on the edge of things. I love being on the edge of a city or town. I love being on the coast. I love being on the edge of the forest or a park. I like those kind of like delineations. Mostly I would say it's like I love being just outside of a town or city where I can access that city or town, but I'm like in the country. And so I, you know, I lived in cities my whole adult life, the first four decades of my life. And then I decided that I was done with it and I wanted to live in the country, which was around the time I learned that I was markets. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I don't get it. But markets is not just about marketplace. And in some ways it does make sense for me. I do love being in the bustle of a town when my nervous system is regulated and I'm, and I'm, uh, in the space for it. Like I'm kind of the reverse of a lot of people. Like I love to live the space live in the space where most people would vacation and visit the city. Um, but I'm also internal markets and I have a mostly online business and markets is really about specificity and I am picky AF about everything, about how I curate my environment, about what it looks like, about what the town looks like, about what my street looks like, like about how I feel in that space. I am super duper picky and that is totally markets. And part of my pickiness is that I like being on shores. So markets is like getting a taste for things and knowing what you like. So for this person, they are shores. And some of the things that I mentioned were, you know, um, the idea of climbing feels obviously like a mountains thing because you're climbing mountains, but we often talk about like high rises for mountains and for shores because yes, you're, you're up on elevation, but you're also separated, you know, you're, there's, um, a separation from down there and up here, you know what I mean? So that also applies to climbing like you're crossing a boundary or a threshold or a delineation between two different landscapes um so with climbing you're on the ground or you're on the side of a cliff or a climbing wall which are obviously like very different feels um and very different um spaces in the world this person is also a fourth color determination and mountains is fourth color environment so they're absolutely tied to mountains and all of those significations and i have a post on the the barney and flow blog called like homogenized diets and determination and in that one i have little images of all the colors and their associations so you could see like you know if you're uh, a particular motivation and that is tied to a particular environment like maybe you feel that connection even though you're not that environment uh, this person also has a taste cognition for their primary health system and also is their environment tone which means they too like me are here to be picky and to get a taste for things and to figure out what they like they're also a generator so they're here to explore what lights them up and right now that's climbing so it all works together uh, even though they're not a mountains environment, I can see just from those things without looking at anything else in their chart, how that makes sense. And so I want us to get in the idea of looking at things uh, from, from different prisms and through different lenses. 
The next question was about a correlation between ADD, ADHD, and manifesting generators, and did I see that correlation? And they went into some specifics about their life and medication and all of those kinds of things, but they had felt like the more that they studied about being a pure generator, and they're a pure generator with the 3420 channel, uh, that maybe they're here to be a little bit squirrely and like jump around from thing to thing. They use the word squirrely, and I love it so much. Uh, and to like take shortcuts and uh, so they were asking if I saw that correlation and my response to them first and foremost is that I'm not a doctor and I want to say that here too and like just reiterate and, and they said that they weren't asking me about my recommendation on medication they just wanted to know if I saw that if that made sense to me and, and yes it does and, and that's like a thing that you often hear in the human design world that uh, a lot of kids, uh, manifesting generator kids, are sometimes misdiagnosed or diagnosed with ADD or ADHD because their energy is just a little bit misunderstood or they need something that they're not getting and I think, you know, even with some of the uh, like environment in human design or primary health system, we can find ways to support kids early on through teaching them about their energy type and honoring their energy and their open centers and their strategy and their authority and helping them to like dump out every day to like clear their energy every day. They have so much energy and they need to just get it out and that will help them um, to focus and that also yeah there is this thing about kind of like flitting around and changing their minds and making a quick turn or shifting or being a little squirrely uh, that can happen with MGs and that's not that's not something to be managed necessarily managed I say necessarily because there can be ways to 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 help us utilize that energy in a way that is supportive and not creating challenges for people uh, but it's not something to be like quashed. It's something to be honored and to figure out how to work with that energy so that uh, they can live their best life. And so, yes, my answer is yes, there is that correlation. And, and if you are someone who is a manifesting generator or you have a kid who's a manifesting generator and ADD or ADHD has come up in the conversation, then um, exploring their energetic aura and the ways to support them through their chart uh, can be super helpful as well as just like deconditioning, deconditioning, emptying out, emptying out, dumping the sacral energy every day. And then another question was about perfections. This person is a member and they had watched the perfections video workshop replay and they were curious about uh, that they were doing the worksheet and that they noticed they were perfected into a fifth house and so their time lord for the year uh, is Venus in Libra in the fifth house and they were filling out the workshop and then they realized that their natal Venus is also in the fifth house and so they were curious if they should be having some kind of aha moment or if there's anything that they should be focused on energy wise other than the things I mentioned in the video. So when you have, when you perfect into a house, like this person perfected into their fifth house this year or the year that they're looking at and that house is in Libra and Libra is ruled by Venus and Venus is in their fifth house. It just means that that energy is going to be extra amplified and re-emphasized because everything is kind of like in that container outside of their Taurus house, which would also come into the equation. So 
when you perfect into a house where your time lord resides, it just means it's going to be super uh, kind of saturated with that energy um, and that that energy and that house becomes more amplified. So they would obviously look at their fifth house and the significations. They would take a look at their Venus and her archetypes and the conversations and relationships that she has in her chart. Uh, They would look at their Venus gates. They would look at uh, whatever house Taurus rules and whatever's going on in that house, if there are any planets in that house or just the significations of that house in general. This person, I would say, without looking at their solar return chart, which can give us some information about our year ahead for sure, but their Venus, I mean, I'm a little low-key jealous because I'm I'm in the middle of two Saturn years. Um, Venus usually feels like a pretty happy house, happy time lord to have for the year uh, in most cases. Um, Again, we would look at the solar return chart, which we're going to get into next in the collective. But um, for this person especially, they have Venus in Libra in its domain. They have Venus in the fifth house in its joy. So I feel like it's probably going to be or feel like a pretty supportive year for them. So those are some answers to some questions that have come across recently that I thought might benefit everybody. And I hope that you found some little nugget to take away.